0: Welcome to Twice Born Podcast. I'm Mike Bailey. If you haven't already, please go to the website twiceborn.net. And also you can see videos on YouTube and Facebook. And if you would like to reach out, please email twicebornministry at gmail.com. Enjoy. And so today we're going to continue to dive into that question, how can we love God? How do we love God is uh, we live out these principles we found in Mark chapter 12. Jesus summarizes really what life is to be when it comes to why did he save us? What is the gospel for? It's to to lead us to living a life for him and to live a life for him. We find in verse 29 it says the most important is, Jesus answered, is to hear, O Lord, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And so we've talked about that loving God, loving him first, the first love is the most important. And so we need to love him first in what we do. And so we ask that he would bless and guide us. And uh, I think we might have the wrong slides here. Okay, <laughs> uh, go, go ahead and go to the next slide, Elijah. Okay, so how do we love God? We're, we're leading us, last week we talked about one love, that we're all to have one love in our life. One above all else. That God doesn't want to be second, third, or fourth. Uh, God isn't the added person in in the group. He's the first and foremost and most important. And so we want to make sure that when we come to loving God that he's the first and most important relationship in our lives. And that was reflected in everything else in our life. Well yesterday we were able to go as a group to uh, the Daytona Speedway And uh, we were there, and this is a picture of me and my family. We were able to go and sing God Bless America for the race last night. And just amazing seeing all those people there. And uh, one of the things I realized is I'm really uh, not much of a fan. I have no idea what's going on. Go ahead and go back because I don't want to show this one yet. So here's the thing. If you were to ask me who's racing today, I would say I have no idea. Who do I think is going to win? I have no idea. How many laps are they going to have? I have no idea. How do their cars work? They take gasoline. Uh, I'm told like a better gasoline than what we use. Uh, If you would ask me anything, who won last year? I have no idea. Um, How did it get so big and so many people here? I have no idea. What is the history of the sport? Don't really know. And so uh, if you had any level of questioning for me about NASCAR, about racing, I would fail, fail, fail. And uh, so I want you to see this next picture. This guy, though, he would succeed, succeed, succeed. He is Mr. NASCAR. He he is committed. He's made a hat with all the things he loves. He's painted his whole body the color of the car. (laughs) Because he loves it, right? He loves it. You know, it's amazing to me, as I look at the world, God teaches us so many things. He teaches us so many things by how the world operates. And one of the things the world knows how to do, it knows how to love stuff. And this guy knows how to love NASCAR. He loves NASCAR with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it, it's evident. We, no one would question that. I'm sure his calendar is built around races, and you better not bug him today at any time because he's focused. And, you know, he's made his life focused on this thing as his love, and that's not me. And the contrast there is it shows me what it is to truly love something and what it is not to truly love something to where it's not my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, you know, we've read that, and you've heard that, and I grew up with that, love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but what does that really mean? What does that mean for me today? What does that mean for me as a husband? What does that mean for me as a father? What does that mean for me as a pastor? What does that mean for me as a citizen? How does that affect my time? How does that affect my money? How does that affect how I live my life? When we're told to love God with all of our heart, what does that mean? Because we can say things so often that it becomes deadened to us and we don't really consider what we're saying. We don't really consider what it means to love God with all of our heart. And so that's my goal this morning is that we would walk away with maybe a stronger understanding of that or maybe the Lord would speak into our life in a new way. But the question that we're going to ask as we go to the scripture is, do we want to love God with all our heart? Do you want to love God with all your heart? Do I want to love God with all my heart? Do I want to be fully committed to him, that he is at the very center of all that I am? And so we're going to precede his word with prayer. We're going to ask him to speak to us, to challenge us, and to grow us as we look at this concept of loving God with our heart. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for um, another day, a wonderful day, a Sunday, Lord. And though not everything in life is perfect, not everything is exactly the way any of us want it, We know that you're in charge and you're leading us to a wonderful place, and that, Lord, though many things in this life may fail us, many in in this life may be challenging, uh, we know that the life that is yet to come is perfect and glorious and beyond any of our expectations. Lord, we know you are holy. We know you're smarter than us. We know you're just, you care, uh, you're more loving than we are, Um, you're, you're, you are, uh, absolute in knowledge. And so, Lord, we submit to you. We ask as we read these words that were recorded for us so that we could understand you and understand ourselves, that we would receive these words, that they would impact our life, that they would impact our thoughts, and that truly we would understand what it means to love you with our heart. And Lord, if there's any hardness in our heart, if there's any callousness in our heart today, that you would soften that, that you would give us a pure heart that we would seek after you with our our entire being. And Lord, we just ask that you would control the conversation. Lord, we we ask that there would be no outside interference, that the enemy would have no impact today, that it would be completely your spirit, that you would guide this conversation, that you would protect us. And Lord, we look forward to your return. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we come to this, this concept of heart to love God with all of our heart. And so the context there is, if you didn't know this, I'm sure you knew this, he's not talking about the physical organ of our heart um, because that would be very difficult to love God with our physical uh, heart because we really don't have much control. How many of you are telling your heart to beat right now? How many of you are telling, hey, uh, I need my blood to be going in and out and, all, and the oxygen to go in there and all the nutrients, all the things that happen occur within the heart. I need everything within my, my body to work appropriately. How many of you are consciously doing that at this moment? Guess what? None of us are doing that. God has made it. He's taken that off the list of things we have to worry about, which is really kind of him, that you don't have to think, beat, 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 beat. Um, that would be horrible, wouldn't it? Have you had to tell your heart to beat every time for you to live? So that's a blessing. and We should be very thankful for that. But you know, for most of us, and we're all aware of this, the thing that we do have control over is how healthy our heart can be or how unhealthy our heart can be. And uh, things like cholesterol, sodium, uh, fatty foods, these things have negative impacts on our physical heart. And interestingly enough, spiritual decisions that we make, whether we uh, consciously seek after sin, consciously uh, have habitual sin, things that we allow into our lives that we know we shouldn't, but they feel good, so we do it anyway, they also impact our spiritual hearts in the same manner to where the Spirit of God can't flow through us just like the life-giving blood cannot flow through us in our physical heart. It's interesting to note that the studies have shown people that have had heart attacks, they're given uh, medicines, they're given dietary um, plans for them to to use and exercise. And over 80% of the people that know that there's a good possibility of them not uh, making it or dying from a heart attack will continue to live in a negative lifestyle even after given clear path of what to do. Because for most of us, life happens to us, and we just react. And for most of us, we don't consciously think about our heart. We don't consciously think about what we're doing and how it affects who I am as a human. We just react. We get up in life. We get through the day. We try to survive. We try to keep moving forward, and we try to have some enjoyment through that process. And what I believe Jesus is teaching and what God's word has shown us is that we need to be very intentional when it comes to our love and what we're to love. And he says we're to love him not with part of our heart, not with a portion of our heart, not with a sliver of our heart, not to love God on Sunday only or Sunday and Wednesday or a part of the day or when I listen to that speaker or I listen to that music that I like. No, we're to listen twenty. We're to love God twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, for our whole lives. To love God with all of it, with our heart, is to love Him at every moment. But there's a problem. We all face it. We all recognize it, um, and it's it's something that we have to kind of come to grips with. And the problem is revealed in Scripture in multiple places. First, we see in Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart is deceitful above all things beyond cure. Who can understand it? Um, That's not very encouraging, (laughs) but it's true. you know, in our lives, the heart is, is really representative of what we think about, who we are at the very core of us. All the things that happen are a reflection of what's going on in our hearts. If our hearts are pure, pure language will come out, pure actions will come out. If our hearts are defiled, if our hearts are sickened, sickened words will come out, sickened actions will take place. And so here, he, he, Jeremiah is basically revealing that all humans have a problem, and it's a heart problem, and we don't just need um, a cure, we need a transplant. Did you know that Jesus didn't come to make bad people good? Jesus didn't come from heaven to earth, live a perfect life, die on a cross, be dead, and then raise again to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And to do that, he has to give you a brand new heart. Because your heart is incurable with sin. And it is, until we recognize that, until we understand that, the heart will truly not be at the center of our thoughts and it will not truly be the issue that we are uh, contending with. Matthew 15, 18-19, Jesus even goes further. And he's speaking about it's not what you eat that defiles you. It's from within that defiles you that comes out. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. For out of the heart comes the evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. The heart produces the words that lead to the actions. If my heart is dark, if my heart is hard, if my heart is wicked, my words will be hard, my words will be dark, my my words will be evil, and then my actions will follow all of those things. So you have to start at the heart. The heart of the matter is what makes the big impact in our lives. And, you know, sometimes we think, well, maybe it's just murder. I shouldn't think about murdering anyone. Or maybe it's just stealing. I shouldn't think about stealing anyone. I think probably for most of us, it's not those kind of thoughts. It's, um, it's unfair that they get that and I don't. Why can't I have the things that person has? Why is life so unfair to me? God, why didn't you let me have this or that? Or, or why is my circumstance the way it is? For many of us, the things we focus in in our heart are the things that lead us to a place of discontent, a place of bitterness, a place of of feeling that our lives are not full. And the more you focus on that in your heart, the more your words reveal it. And your words will be words of of, uh, negativity. It's unfair. It's unright. Why is this happening? It shouldn't be happening. And then your actions will follow that. And so our heart is really the issue. God wants us to love him with all of our heart. It begins in the heart. And our heart is reflected on the things that we focus in on, the things that we put our minds to. And so what's God's answer to this? If we all struggle with this, if this is a problem we're all going to have, what is God's answer? Well, God answers not to fix our hearts, but to replace our hearts. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You know for us this morning, a heart of flesh is a heart that is filled with the Holy Spirit. And it and it shows itself with how I feel about life, how I see life. Do I want the best for others? Do I celebrate when good things happen to others? When I go to a place and and I sense that people are distraught, people are angry, people are upset, do I want to bring life, do I want to bring hope, do I want to bring an answer through the gospel? Is my heart broken for the lost or is it hardened and judgmental towards the lost? Is my heart broken for those that are going through painful things today? People that are going through struggles and challenges in their life, or am I so focused on myself and the hardness of my heart that it has no impact on me whatsoever? The softened heart is a blessing from God. Sometimes as a man you get the sense I should never cry, I should never show my emotions, but then I look to the most manly of men, Christ, and see that his heart was broken for the lostness around him. His heart was broken when his friends and family felt pain. A softened heart is a sign of God working in your life. A hardened heart is is really, for a spiritual doctor, to give you the diagnosis, you need a heart transplant. If you find yourself hardened, if you find yourself cruel, if your thoughts are full of anger, then the diagnosis is you need a heart transplant. You need a softened heart, and only God can give it to you. Only God can rejuvenate the lostness and put life through his Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Over the next five weeks, we are going to look at the correlation between the temple that was in Israel that King Solomon built in our own bodies. And how God has revealed that yes, we are temples of the holy God. If you study the temple, and I'm gonna have my daughter Anastasia come here because I know that can be helpful if you have more visuals. So she's, this is a temple that I actually purchased in Jerusalem. She's gonna walk up and down the aisles and show you. This is what the temple is to look like. This is a visual representation of the temple. The temple, if you remember, when Moses had the Ark of the Covenant established... They built a tabernacle that was to move with the Israelites. And when David had taken kingship over Jerusalem and made it the capital, he determined that there should be a temple created to where God would come and they could worship and have sacrifice for him. Well, God said, it is not for you to build the temple, it is for your son Solomon. And so Solomon built this amazing temple It was one of the wonders of the world. People from all over the world would come to see this temple. But this temple was a reflection, and as we look at it over the next couple weeks, we're going to that this temple is a visual of us as people that when you become a believer when you ask Christ to come into your life just as the temple got the holy place at the very top the pinnacle of the temple was the holy of holies that was the place that the holy spirit of God dwelt and he took residence within the temple It's interesting, this is a diagram of how King Solomon's temple was built. It was a reflection of the tabernacle. It was very distinct, and we're going to talk about these different areas, but there's three key areas that you need to be aware of. There is the court, which was on the outside, and this is where you had the basin where the priests would wash their hands. This is where you had uh, the bronze altar where they would sacrifice uh, those sacrifices that were brought for the, li- for the sins of Israelites and those who came with sacrifices. And as you entered, there was the court of worship. And this first court was a place where only priests could enter. And then as you came in, you came into the holy place, which was the the center uh, of the whole building. And this was a place where priests were able to come, where prayers were given. It was a very important place. And there was only one door that would enter you into each one of these chambers. And this chamber would lead to the Holy of Holies, which was at the very top. You would take seven steps up to to the holy chamber. And then to the Holy of Holies, you took another seven steps And in the Holy of Holies, only the high priest one time a year could enter that place to give sacrifice and prayer for the people's sins. And as we look at this, we see that that we're told we now are that temple. That temple what like Jesus said was completely destroyed. Titus came in in 70 AD and he tore down the temple. There's no place there anymore. He even pushed the rocks over so that not even a rock would stand. The temple is gone. There is no more temple sacrifice. You and I are the temple. And in our temple, we're going to see as we look at it over the next few weeks, we can either allow the Holy of Holies to guide our heart, to guide our thoughts, to guide our actions... That the Holy of Holies is is guiding every part of who we are. And we love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and all of our strength. Or we'll see that the priests brought in false idols. And there were compartments that were built three levels up around the entirety of the building that were there. You know what they were supposed to put in these cabinets, these, these private quarters? They were to keep the writings of God. They were to keep the scrolls of God. They were to keep the accounts of what God had done for the Israelite people. And you know what the the priests did? They brought in idols of Baal because they were private places and knew no one would know about them. And here you have the Holy of Holies and within feet of it you had these false idols that these priests were also worshiping. And you know today when we struggle in this way even though we are saved, even though we know that our eternity is set, we still have these places in our life where we hold on to bitterness, we hold on to anger, we hold on to resentment, we let things linger and stay in these compartments in our lives. And though the Holy of Holies dwells within us, we do not love him the way we're to love him because we have quenched him through these false idols that live within our spirit as well. And so when we consider the fact That we're to love God with all of our heart. He must dwell within us. And he must dwell in every area of who we are. We are more than just physical bodies. We are actually temples of the Most High God. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. It tells us how we're to do this. How do I make sure that I clean out those areas that are around Uh, My heart. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. Do you know your challenge? Your challenge isn't telling your heart to beat. It's telling yourself, stop thinking about that and start thinking about this. Stop thinking about how unfair, stop thinking about all that list of things that pull you away from God, those things you know are not of God, and say, I submit those to you, Lord. I don't want those in my mind. I don't want to continually think about these things. I don't want my mind to be focused on the things that are destroying my heart so that I cannot love you with all of my heart. Because my heart is torn between you and this and this and this and this and this. And And these things are pulling me further and further away from you. When I want to be close, I want to be fully committed. I want to be fully in love with everything that I am. And so we are to focus in on things that are true. You know what is true this morning? God loves you. Did you know that God loves you? You're worthy. You know why you're worthy? Not because of anything that you have done but everything he has done. He tells us we were bought with a price. That means you're valuable. What kind of price did he pay? His life. Those lies that we tell ourselves that we're not, worth, we're not worthy, we, we can't ever measure up. Who am I? I'm nothing. I am nothing. He is everything. And through that, I have value. We need to receive that value. We need to tell ourselves every day the truth of who we are. Do you know who you are in Christ today? Do you know that you are a child of the King, that we are now brothers and sisters that will co-reign with our Father and his kingdom eternally? Do you recognize that in your life? You are not your job. You are not your disease. You are not your family's last name. You're a child of the King. You need to tell yourself the truth every single day. I will no longer conform to the patterns of this world, but I will be transformed by the renewing of my mind, the truth that I am the child of the king and I am to live to the purity that he's called me to. I need to put my mind on the things that are above. Am I thinking about pure things or am I thinking about wicked things? Am I thinking about lovely things or am I thinking about disgusting things? Am I thinking about admirable things or am I being disgraceful in the things that I think about and the way that I think about others? Do I think about the excellence that is around me? Do I consider things that are praiseworthy? Do I put these thoughts in my mind and reject those that do not align with what is true and what is right? Verse 9 says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Today, we are given an opportunity to love God with all of our heart to do that we have to first recognize our need do you recognize your need have you taken inventory today you know the easiest way to find out my need is listen to my words and look at my actions just rewind that back that'll tell me what my heart is Are my actions pure and just and noble and righteous? Are my words uplifting and holy and pure and just? Because those are the reflections of my heart. And the truth is, let's be honest, it's not what we say in public. It's what we say in private. It's not who I am on this stage. It's who I am when nobody's looking, nobody's listening. It's who I am in my mind. It's who I am before I go to sleep. It is who I am when I look at the world and consider what I see. And it's true for you. And so this is not an easy task. This is a lifelong task of every day committing to love God with all your heart. Will I love God with my heart in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening? Will I love him before I go to sleep and when I wake up? Will I love him with all that I am? How do we apply this? Take inventory on your heart this morning. If you were your own spiritual doctor, what diagnosis would you give yourself? If you were to take true inventory on your heart, if you recognize some things there that need to change, if you recognize some things there that need to be healed and need to be corrected, don't try to do it on your own. Don't try to fix it on your own. Ask God for a pure heart. Ask God to heal you and believe that he will. Ask God to be there in your thoughts. Ask God to intervene in whatever it is that is impure so that purity can reign in your life. Commit to loving God with all your heart every single day. Every single day is a new opportunity but also a new challenge of saying I will love you with all my heart today. I will love you with all my heart when it comes to my spouse, my kids, my money, my time. I will love you with all of my heart. And then a big one that I think is important. Befriend people who love God. Make close friendships with people that love God. You know, it's a lot easier to love God with all your heart when you meet with other people that love God with all their heart on a regular basis. One of the joys of my life is getting together in groups and talking about spiritual things. One of the most powerful things in my life is getting together with like-minded believers and hearing what God is doing in their life. It's what sustains and grows and empowers you to love God with all your heart. And so what is God telling you? What is he saying to you today? Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Have you made that decision to love him with all your heart? You know, to love him with your heart, you have to be twice born. You have to be born again. Maybe that's the first step. Maybe you need to repent of your sin and believe in Christ as your Savior. If that's you today, I would love to pray with you, to encourage you to begin that walk with you. But if you've made that decision and you're living for the Lord today, that means you have an opportunity. You have been given the great commandment to love God with all your heart. What is he saying to you today? How can he purify and bring grace into your life? I would encourage you before I pray. There are moments I know that God speaks directly to me. There are moments when I sense the Holy Spirit is working. And there are also moments when I live in the flesh and completely forget those things. Do you know what the key for me is? I need to write it down. I need to make it concrete. I need to take a stand. Because I know my flesh and I know the world will pull me the opposite direction. So maybe this morning you need to make it concrete. You need to write it down. You need to make a relationship with someone else who will hold you accountable for those commitments. Because this is not something small. This is the war that has waged since the beginning of us leaving the garden. And so we're to take it very seriously my encouragement is you'll find someone that helps you to love the Lord your God